Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome in, folks, here on the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast feed. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Ryan Roberts. I'm out here in Mobile. Ryan is not, but he did get his hands on access to the film. And so he is caught up. I admittedly have not been super locked in on watching the practices. I have been able to watch a good amount of it, but have been pulled away because I'm out here helping the Draft Network with their production. But Ryan, pretty uh, exciting getting to watch some of these practices. I-, I have to say, being on like that close to the field, I think this was the most... The last time I was at a practice was my own, and it just got me juiced up being that close to, to, to practice and going watching these guys go through drills, uh, do inside run, all that stuff made me so excited. Yeah, no, I told you I'm jealous of you, man. I really am. <laughs> I, I wish I was down there. It's a lot of fun, and I, I put it on Twitter yesterday. I feel like there's a lot of overreactions to day one, you know, and people kind of take it a little too far. Day one for me always in those settings, especially when you haven't had the pads on for a couple months in most cases, right? right? Like day one's about seeing what traits guys have, right? Seeing what pops off the screen. And then day two, day three, that's when we kind of see the progress players make, especially for quarterbacks, especially. I know we're going to talk about quarterbacks probably in a different show, but mm-hmm. understanding quarterback player or just kind of, you know, just, I don't even know what the word is, like evaluating them off of the first day of of practice when they haven't had any timing with receivers and like any of that chemistry, it's almost impossible. So day one, we're going to be talking about a lot of guys that we're going to be talking about traits, what popped off of the screen, how they develop throughout the season, how they acclimate to the surroundings. That'll be something that we'll talk more after day two, day three, and then into the game, uh, which is the most important thing to just seeing how guys improve throughout the week. But the first day, I think that we saw a lot of guys with some really incredible traits that they have that a lot of teams are going to value heavily. So, Yeah, this first day, really early impressions. So take that with a grain of salt. If we're speaking negatively on someone, there's a really good chance that soon they could really turn things around. I remember last yep. year, you and I were talking about Quinn Miners after the first day, mm-hmm. and and I said to you, like, oh, man, this guy looks like a, a Division three guy, but he managed to recover, and he had a really, really good finish to the week. And once yep. they get the full pads on, they start really hitting. Um, we should see some changes. But going into this day one impressions, guys mm-hmm. that stood out to us, uh, the first one was somebody who really drew my attention, and I know a lot of people have been talking about him, which is Zion Johnson from Boston College. He's expected to be an interior guy. I saw him playing a little bit of center. I was joking with you before we started that there was one play in particular during a one-on-one where he launched a snap, but he's probably not going to be playing center. And we saw right. some really, really good stuff from him handling some of these interior guys and, and likely playing as a, as a guard at the next level. 
Yeah, he had a funky career because he actually started off um, as a offensive lineman at Davidson College, FCS school, moved up to Boston College, starting guard. They played him at tackle in 2020 for some odd reason. And it just wasn't good film. So he came back to 2021 and he's back to just kind of his usual stuff. When you're talking about an interior offensive lineman, an offensive guard here, he has prototype size. He has good length. I think he had like 34 inch arms, which is a little irregular for a guy working on the interior. And I think he just kind of checks every box. Like he's a good athlete. He's strong, good flexibility. You saw him anchor in one-on-one pass, pass reps. You saw good hand usage. He just kind of checks each and every box when we're talking about interior offensive line play. He's definitely not a tackle judging by his 2020 film and he shouldn't be with his body type. I don't know if he's a center. I mean, this is probably one of the first, this is probably his first live action, you know, playing center. So we'll see if maybe if the snaps approved or not the week, if that's something that they continue to, you know, toy around with. But I think that this kid's a starting guard at the next level. And I think that whether you're a zone blocking scheme, whether you're a power blocking scheme, you see the power profile of a Zion Johnson, you see the athleticism of a Zion Johnson. He just kind of checks a lot of boxes for me. Yeah. And it felt like a lot of linemen especially guys with some big hype, really underwhelmed on the first day. So Zion Johnson doing what he can to already take an early lead, which is fantastic. Speaking of taking an early lead, Jalen Petre from Baylor. Man, I I was glad that you wrote him down here in our list Mm -hmm. of guys. And when you popped up, I'm like, okay, that's that one definitely makes sense. There were a bunch of plays where I watched him live, where he was making some really good plays on the on the football. He was he was doing a really good job. Um, breaking up some of these passes. I really liked how he looked in coverage. And then I got to kind of rewatch in some of these uh, B-roll shots that I was helping log. And I, I just it reiterated that for me. I was like, man, he looked really, really good. And I feel like Petre hasn't gotten really a ton of talk. And being able to go against some of these, these senior bowl receivers might help him in, improve his draft stock. Yeah, and, and it's really fun when you watch Petrie on, on film because he plays like a nickel overhang position for the team because they run a four two five. So he's kind of that that nickel defender. And it's a lot there's a lot to like from a physicality tackling perspective. The kids all around the football, a lot of tackles for loss from that position as well. Like he's an energetic physical in the box type of safety but the question is always going to be what is his impact in the passing game right like you just didn't see it a ton in college like you i thought that he had some relatively good instincts playing in zone especially in short zone i don't think that he's quite the flexible rangy type that he's going to make a ton of plays in deep zone but i think short zone there was a lot of good stuff on film but you didn't see a ton of man honestly at Mm. at baylor like you saw him just you know kind of rob short zones and just you know maintain good zone awareness but in this the one-on-ones against tight ends or running backs specifically you saw some good man chops man you saw some physicality at the top of the stem you saw some fluid hips so if this kid is a guy that can match up um and be a maybe a little bit of a matchup negator against some of these tight ends that are just getting more and more athletic at the next level on top of doing his work in the run game and what he's going to potentially do on special teams as well. He's going to be a dynamite four teamer uh, in special teams as well. I, I think that, you know, really selling his chops in pass coverage was a big plus for Jalen Petrie. Cause I don't know if you really knew what his niche in that role was. You just knew that he was a energetic physical run defender, but what is his upside in pass and pass coverage? I think you saw a little bit of it yesterday. So we know that this class is really, really talented at the edge position. And a lot of those guys are sadly not here in Mobile, but one guy in particular who kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit with some other guys being risers, but is already starting to reestablish his draft position. My Jay Sanders from Cincinnati, 
There's one play, if you haven't caught it in particular, that is really summing up the hype behind Sanders, where he was going against Daniel Falele, the offensive mm-hmm. tackle from Minnesota, and he caught him leaning. Really, really good power going against a guy that's almost 400 pounds to the yeah. point where Falele fell on his ass. And I, and I know that that's not going to be 100% replicable against a, probably a more polished lineman, but still, that looked really, really good for a guy that's really not that big of a, an edge rusher. Well, not, and we, we talked about it yesterday on the space that it's awesome that he weighed in where he did because there were some concerns that he might be 235, 230, somewhere in that ballpark. He weighed in over 240 pounds, kind of a stand-up rusher, odd man front type of dude. Cincinnati, the Bearcats speaking, I don't think that they did that him justice all the time, letting him be a, pr- a premier pass rusher. They asked him to do a lot of things in space, so he wasn't able to really you know, garner gaudy sack numbers, which I think he's capable of, right? So I, I think that we saw glimpses of the pass rush potential and those one-on-ones, like you said, against Philele, who outweighs him by 140-plus pounds, he's able to convert speed to power. Like, it's not just the fact that he's flexible. You saw in the play before against Philele, he's able to win that outside track, and he's able to gain that as a pass rush because he's got great flexibility and he's got great bend to him, which is awesome. But then the fact of him doing that little inside move – and going right down the barrel of his chest and putting a guy like Falele on his back, which I think further illustrates the point that I I, I don't know if you agree with this, Joe, and I know we're going to talk about it probably in a, in a couple other guys down the road, mm-hmm. but like there was some good interior offensive line play. I don't think the offensive tackles came to play yesterday. Like no. it was very mixed no. bag. And a guy like Maji Sanders really took advantage of it, man. And, and going against a guy that outweighs by so much, showing that type of power profile on top of the flexibility he has. I keep saying it, and I've been saying it since the summer. I think Maji Sanders could go into the first in the first round. Like I think back end of the first, it's very possible. I think firm second rounder. I would be shocked if he gets out of the second round. Yeah, and I feel like the only reason why he might end up being somewhere in the second round is just because of how many guys there are in this edge class. It's just such a unique yeah. year for for Sanders, and maybe he makes himself some serious money throughout the rest of this week. I, I find it also a bit funny that we have uh, two New England uh, football players on this list. Me being a guy that played Division One football in New England. Travis yep. Jones from UConn, defensive lineman that, that you highlighted. I didn't catch a ton of him because I was a bit drawn to watching uh, more of the one-on-ones with the receivers and, and things like that. But why did you pick Jones as a, another player that caught your attention? I know a lot of people are going to talk about Devontae Wyatt from Georgia after his first day, the defensive tackle. For me, Travis Jones was the best defensive tackle in attendance. And, and you knew there was going to be the power profile, right? Because he's 6'4", 320. He manned the nose for UConn. And, I mean, he can create speed to power. And he's got an incredibly power lower half. Like, those things are easy to see. But I thought, I thought he was pretty nimble and pretty flexible and had some quickness to his si- for his size, though. So I saw some pass rush upside that you didn't see a ton at UConn just for what they asked him to do. And I saw the power. So uh, just checking boxes, man. He's got 34-plus-inch arms. And, and there's a lot of – I don't think that he's just a nose tackle in an odd front. I don't think he's just a nose tackle in an even front either. Like, I think that this kid could give you some reps – as a three, as a four, as a four rags, I think he has quickness, and I think he has obviously that power to him as well. So the well-roundedness of Travis Jones kind of popped off the screen to me. I think he's a lot more explosive, a lot more flexible than you would usually anticipate from a nose tackle. All right, going on to our next player that you highlighted here and another person yep. that additionally caught my attention, and there were some receivers who made some big plays, and I'm interested that the one guy that you chose to highlight was Calvin Austin, from Memphis. What was your reasoning behind that? 
Well, I mean, it, it matched what you saw in the Memphis film, right? Like you saw the speed on display for the Tigers all the time for a guy like Calvin Austin. I think where his week really started off well is you knew he wasn't going to be tall, but I mean, I think he was listed at like 160 something pounds on the roster. He came in at 174, which is still not huge, but for his height, it's good weights, right? Like five, seven and a half, 174 pounds. He's never going to be obviously the biggest guy to win above the rim at the catch point. But I put it on Twitter last night. He has easy speed, man. Like there's just, he just is able to stack and then get on top of guys so quickly and just accelerates and track the football down the field. This kid has a niche at the next level. Like he is going to be a, a de facto uh, deep threat in an offense. Like there is no doubt about it. And I think he has ability as a yak guy as well. Like he can catch short passes. He can turn it into gains. So I was really impressed by Calvin Austin. I knew that he was fast, supposedly going to run. Hot, you know, four two high at the combine. Like I'm hearing four two seven, four two eight, and I think that the speed matched on the field. He was just running away from guys. Like there was one rep against Cam Taylor Britt from Nebraska, who's a good cornerback, not really a speed corner though. And I mean, he just ran past them with ease. So I think that he has that niche, and he just showed off that game breaking ability and that deep speed um, in day one. There might not be as much to bet on right now because we don't have football going on all we have is the super bowl and i know you can't bet on the senior bowl but you can still make some of these other sports interesting like basketball like hockey i know that i have to do that to make it a little bit more exciting for me because it's just not the same as football with the new year comes a new updated desktop and mobile website for bet online for you to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use promo code believe to get started and it's not just football, BetOnline's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. Also, I have to tell you folks about Masterworks. What I'm about to say might shock you, but the greatest quarterback of all time is not just a goat on the field, He's a goat when it comes to investing too. He invests in stocks, crypto, and even art. Now you can invest like a goat with Masterworks. Masterworks is the investing platform that lets you buy shares representing investments in art from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol. And even greater art prices outpace the S&P 500 by 164% from 1992 and 2021. In fact, early investors already received over 30% IRR 2021 and 2020 from the sale of two paintings. This is your opportunity to join 300,000 other members and invest like a goat. Get priority access with this game day promo. Go to masterworks.art slash believe. That's masterworks.art slash believe. See important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclaimer. Yeah, and with these one-on-ones, traits like that, like deep speed and being able to beat guys deep, that stuff is always going to really, really stand out when you have a big play like that. Our attention is always going to be drawn to, wow, look at that play that he just made over the top compared to you know a quick five-yard route that he makes a catch in a contested situation. That kind of stuff sure. is always exciting to watch, especially when you're in person. Uh, another player and another defender, we've got Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. Yep. What, what what caught your eye with him? He flashed everything that you needed to see as a pass rusher. I, I don't think he's the bendiest guy of all time, but he had some reps where he won the outside track with good explosiveness and he was able to, you know, just win the corner. And then there's times where he's going against guys like Darian Kennard, where he puts his foot in the ground and converts speed to power and then puts 
Kennard on his back, who's one of the more talented offensive linemen in attendance. And then there's the inside moves that we saw. We saw him win both as a as a bull rusher. We showed him as an outside track guy. He won on the inside track, 34-plus-inch arms again, 260 pounds. This kid just kind of checks those boxes from a physical perspective, and then we saw him win in a variety of ways. So for me, Jermaine Johnson was one of the biggest winners of the edge group that we talked about with a guy like Amaje Sanders showing a variety uh, Jermaine Johnson won in every single way that you need to see. So one player that I have to bring up, there's two guys that I, I wanted to make a point to discuss here. The first being, and we knew coming into this that everyone was going to hype up Christian Watson. And I made a point to tweet out, this guy's not a sleeper. If you were paying attention and you know FCS football, never heard a of sleeper. Him. Never right? heard exactly. of him. Exactly. Never. The, the, my issue with Christian Watson, and I you know I know that sure people in the comments are going to be like, oh, you, you, know, you sound arrogant, but the reality of it is just because he plays at the FCS level does not make him a sleeper. Like a guy like Trey Lance wasn't a sleeper. We knew that he was good just because he came from North Dakota State doesn't mean that he's suddenly a sleeper. So Christian Watson, who was a receiver for Trey Lance, we we knew if you knew who he was and you followed FCS football, even the slightest bit, that he was a fantastic athlete. This guy is big. He's got long arms. He's got big hands, but he's also fast for a player of his size. And I he didn't have a perfect day and I understand why you picked Calvin Austin over him, but there were just a lot of one-on-one plays where like I I kept making sure I watched Christian Watson knowing who he was going in. And I I kept seeing the stuff that we saw what he did for the Bison, which is making contested catches, pretty strong route runner. And I, I think that once he finishes out this week and once he runs a really, really good 40 time, which we're projecting to be somewhere in that four, four range, he is going to be possibly like a big, big riser. I don't. I, I think day two should should be a lock for a guy like this. Yeah, no, I, I think it's very possible he gets into the top 100 picks. If not, he's early somewhere on day three, right? Like I think that that 85 to 110 ish range is probably very safe for a guy like Christian Watson because if he is six foot four, 211 pounds with 32 plus inch arms, and he runs with the four fours, like that just kind of checks every box. I compared him on our space yesterday to Tyrell Williams, mm-hmm. who's a really talented deep threat throughout the majority of his career for the for the Chargers. And I know he spent a little bit of time with the Raiders, although he was injured most through through the Raiders tenure. So that stuff is all great. You can see the vertical stem stuff, which is awesome. What really surprised me about Christian Williams. Uh, Christian Watson, sorry, not Christian Williams, Christian Watson, <laughs> is that he's a lot more flexible than I expected him to be. I expected yes. him to be just kind of a deep threat, but he was running a variety of routes, in-breaking routes, where he just looked really smooth in and out of his breaks. So uh, one of the biggest risers for sure, and, and I did, obviously I picked Austin because I knew that you wanted to talk about him because yes. he had such a nice opening day, but he really kind of showed an all-aroundness to his game that maybe the North Dakota State doesn't usually highlight because they're a heavy run team, a lot of play action. They're going to take some vertical shots, especially when Trey Lance was there. So I don't think the variety was there for Christian Watson, but he showed a lot of flexibility to himself out on top of having the deep speed and the length that he has. Yeah, when you have these bigger receivers that are fast, like a DK Metcalf or a Chase Claypool, like you talked about, that flexibility is usually lacking. So to see him be able to contort himself in you know a variety of routes, that's what what drew my attention. It was like that usually doesn't isn't the case. There's usually some type of a drawback for a guy with those physical traits. So Watson is going to be brought up a million times throughout the cycle after this week. So make sure you pay attention to his name. Another small schooler um, and another height weight speed guy, Joshua Williams from Fayetteville State. I have to say he really really excited me. Now he wasn't 
perfectly clean. I watched him make some mistakes. I watched him get beat. And when you have a underdeveloped player like Williams, it makes sense. But when you see what he was capable of on his best reps, it was pretty freaking cool. And the one that I tweeted about was the play that he had against Romeo Dubs, who some people are saying had a really, really good first day. He pressed him so hard at the line of scrimmage that he maybe got like a yard or two, and then they ended the rep, and everybody was clapping and cheering. That does not happen in the NFL. If you do that in practice in the NFL, you're not making it onto the field. For Williams to do that, that is really promising, and you just need to unlock the consistency that he does that more often. And who was hyping him up before before the week started, Joe? Who was hyping him up? And also... (laughs) Who has spoken to him and who has done an interview with him? Oh, wait, that's right. Ryan has, and it's on our feed. So go listen to that conversation if you haven't. (laughs) You absolutely absolutely should because Joshua is a really exciting player, and he's got a track background, supposedly going to run in the four fours at his six foot two and a half, 32 plus inch arms. And like you saw in that rep against Dubs specifically, press man corner, he's built to make that leap easy like he can do things at the line of scrimmage that is fantastic and i think a lot of teams that are going to run some heavy you know cover three cover four type of terminology to the to their um arsenal as well this kid can run he can run like he he can cu- uh, stay in phase and he got beat deep you know once or twice i know he got beat deep by romeo dubs who kind of got him back a little bit but in that play even like he was stride for stride with dubs just you know dubs is also a 4-4 kid like like there's gonna be some points and there's also one thing that we need to highlight a little bit about those one-on-one um, you know, uh, pass coverage reps is there's no help over top. You know, there's no safety help. It's a little yeah. bit of a, it's definitely a easier, it's definitely uh, garnered towards wide receiver um, success more than cornerback. So um, just kind of put that out there a little bit, but I, I liked a lot of what I saw from Joshua Williams. I would like to see how he continues to improve over the week because the height, weight, speed combination, I think has starter upside and a potential top 100 pick in my opinion. So I want to address the small school lineman because it was a pretty mixed bag. And we're referring most specifically to guys like Cole Strange, who had some really nice reps, was playing a lot of center, which I think definitely benefited him because he's not necessarily going to, he's not going to be playing tackle at the next level. But Cole Strange looked really, really good inside, in my opinion. But then you get guys like Zakelge and you get guys, um, you know, like, well, let's go. Zakelich was one who had the worst day. I didn't really get a ton from well, let's go that really stood out to me. And yeah. I hate to say this, and I know that this is like it, it's blasphemy. almost it's <laughs> blasphemy to state this, but I mean, I love Trevor Penning, but yeah, I think that Spencer Brown was better. And I just I wasn't really blown away. There were a couple times where I'm like, oh come on, like I wanted I wanted him to dominate and have these crazy reps because he's massive. He's strong. He's athletic. But I saw him being high a lot. I saw him, you know, get his chest pushed back in some of these one-on-ones. I saw him out of place in some of these run drills where they had the full team on the field. So bit of a mixed bag for this, this small school offensive line group. Yeah, and it was, and we were excited about it. I, I, you know, I think it was like a week or two before the Senior Bowl. I, I guess it was maybe two or three weeks before the Senior Bowl. I actually went on the radio with Jim Nagy and talked about how excited I was about the Senior Bowl um, small school group, right? The FCS group. So if we go one by one here, the positives were 
I thought Cole Strange looked very good at center. Considering that he started like 40-something games at guard for Chattanooga, right? Like he had never played center. <laughs> he looked really good, in my opinion. He had a lot of good reps. I think that, I think that you know, he's got incredible pop in his hands and he's a very flexible kid. He needs to add more, more power, more size to his frame, right? Like he's a little skinny right now at six foot five plus, six foot six, somewhere in that ballpark and 304, 305. Like he needs to add weight, obviously. But developmental upside at center, in my opinion, just based upon what we saw from a traits perspective, well, let's go. I thought was a little bit of a mixed bag. I thought he had some good reps. He had some not so great reps. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he has, he's a guy that's a toolsy kit, right? Like he's underdeveloped and he's toolsy. So there's going to be a little bit of a mix. I thought Braxton Jones out of Southern Utah had a pretty solid day for the most part. Like again, a little bit of a mixed bag, but I think there's developmental potential for him. Trevor Penning, who you mentioned, I don't, I think that the hype went a little over the top because of what we saw from Spencer Brown, right? Like Spencer Brown had a rough first day last year and then he really improved over the week. And then he became a starting offensive tackle for, um, for the Buffalo Bills to make in during their playoff run. And he had a really nice rookie year. And I think that people were kind of like, oh, wow, but there's this other guy that's coming that might even be better. And I, I don't think that from a trades perspective, he quite matches Spencer. I think Penning has starter upside though, either at, off right tackle, let I mean maybe left tackle depending. I think that he could start at guard too because I think there is a yeah, they were they were playing him at guard a lot and I was like yeah. that was it took me a second to figure out who who he was because the decal on his helmet wasn't very visible. So I saw yes. the purple helmet. I'm like that. Why is Pending playing guard? Like I right. never thought that they would plug him there. Well, and I mean, let, let's think about it for a second, right? Like he's, he hits all the, the thresholds from tackle, but the best parts of his game is the physicality and the nastiness that he plays with. I've told you, you know, countless times, like I don't see great foot quickness. I think it's okay. I don't see great though. And I think that that could hurt him as a blind side protector. Could he play tackle? Yeah, I think he could play tackle. And I think he could be a really good right tackle specifically, but guard might be in the cards for him. And that's not a bad thing. It just kind of is what it is. The worst rep though that we saw from him, in my opinion, there was some, you know, up and down in one-on-one pass blocking, but that one in team where he gets beat, yeah. he doesn't even get, he doesn't even hit his set point, And then he just kind of throws the defensive end into the quarterback's lap. That is a big no, no man. Like honestly, and I know that people are going to be like, Oh, what? Like, Throwing a guy into a pocket, a defensive lineman, that is a big no-no amongst any play killer. level of competition. Like you don't any level of football, that's like a one of the biggest coaching things. Like, don't put don't throw a guy near an offense a quarterback's legs. Like, don't do that. That's not like that's just not smart football. So there is just kind of very mixed bag with Trevor Penning. I think that he has decent traits. I think he has good traits even like, but in it physicality that he plays with teams are going to like him. Coaches, offensive line coaches are going to want to work with that guy for the mentality he brings. Absolutely. But it definitely a mixed bag. Let's see how he improves over the week. We're not jumping off the bandwagon for say, I still had a second round grade on him. So like, I still like Trevor Penning, but I don't think that the first round hype is quite where people are trying to make it. And then, unfortunately, man, good friend of the show. Penny was on the show, too. But Nick Zakel, like you said, out of Fordham, Ugh. man, just was not good, man. Whether he was in a guard or a tackle, like, it was just – it was not good. I mean, he got – The thing that – I don't mean to cut you off from him. The thing yeah. that stinks with Zakel is he was in a bit of an unexpected invite for me. Like, I knew that right. he was good, but I thought he was going to be like a Shrine Bowl guy. And for him to yeah. come and then underwhelm – it's frustrating because you want to root yeah. for a guy like that coming from Fordham. And and I, I saw a picture that was tweeted out, I think from Jim or from the senior bowl, like a few weeks ago that he was just on like taking a tour or something, dude. And he looked good, man. Like he looks the part. He's a big dude, man. Like he's got, mm-hmm. you know, 
there's good things to work with from a tools perspective. But when he was working inside a guard, I felt like he got overpowered. And then when he was working on offensive tackle, I felt like he got out, out, out athleticism a little bit. And I'm like, oh man, that is not good. Like you have to counter both those things. Again, let's see how he improves throughout the week, but definitely not a first day to remember from Nick Sakal. Let's hope that it gets a lot better here. We've got one more lineman that we want to bring up, and it's again, it's so disappointing, I would say, to see a player be overly hyped, and then because of these unrealistic expectations, it feels like they're crashing and burning, but maybe in reality, they're just playing up to the expectations that we should have originally set. Bernard Raymond from Central Michigan has been on a tear over the past Mm -hmm. month, it feels like, since getting his invite before the invite to the Senior Bowl. To a point where we were talking before that you said that he might be, some people thought he might be a possible first round pick. And that was a bit of an over projection. He's got time to to maybe work on some things during the week, but uh, you were not very satisfied with him. I think it was Bucky Brooks or it was Mel Kuyper. I can't remember which one it was. So I'm sorry if I'm for whoever I'm slandering, but like I think they had (laughs) him going number 17th overall or something like that to the Chargers. And I'm just like, Man. And I get it because there's, again, there's tools. There is. He's a Austri- Austrian-born player who is late to football, who is a former tight end, who has some athleticism. But I've been on, on with this since I saw the film in Central Michigan. I think Luke Gadecki, who I don't even think played today because I, I don't know if he's dealing with an injury or something. I don't even think he played yeah. during practice. But I think he's a better football player than than Bernard Raymond right now. I, I know that the tools are nice with the six six and former tight end and everything, but He's got short arms to start with, 33-inch arms, which, like, there's not a ton of length there. Foot quickness is okay, but, like, I think he's kind of stiff, to be honest. Like, he was giving up some easy inside moves, man. I I just don't think that he redirects all that well. I think that his foot quickness is okay. And you're selling me to uh, for the guy like this in the fourth, fifth round, like, somewhere in that ballpark as a developmental tackle, I'd be like, that's cool, man. Like, even, like, late day two, I guess I can be like, all right, I get it. But first round right now, like, I, I don't see that on film. And I don't think that the traits are even, like, that absurd that we're talking about him in quite in that realm. So I'm out on that first round talk for Bernard Raymond. I honestly don't even understand how it started. I, I get what, like, the backstory is cool and there's some developmental tools to work with. But, like, I don't see anybody – I don't see a player on film right now that is worth near a top 32 selection. I don't even know if I see a top 100 selection. I'm just – I'm wow. all the way out on that type of stuff right now. So hopefully Raymond can maybe recover a little bit, but disappointing start to the week, folks. This is our day one impressions. We're going to try and bring you as much additional coverage, time permitting with the crazy week going on. So make sure you're subscribed so you're up to date on everything. And we'll be back with more Senior Bowl content. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.